Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. As always, for tuning in to another edition of the Neek and Chuck Pro Football Talk Show. And you know I love doing the show with my main man, Chuck. By the way, fans, if you don't know me by now, let me introduce myself once again. I am Neek, the host of the show, and my main man, Mr. C, better known as Chuck, is the co-host. What's going on, man? Not too much, Neek. Feeling fantastic. Another lovely day. Another beautiful day to talk about some football even though it's off season, even though the draft is over, even though rookie mini camp is over, it's still a good time. Well, no, no, about no, football. no, not over yet, not over yet, because there's some teams. Actually, actually, a lot of teams are actually starting their rookie mini camp this weekend, and I will be keeping an eye on my Giants. I know this past weekend, the Raiders and the Panthers they had their um, rookie mini camp. And pretty much the rest of the NFL will be kicking off their rookie minicamp this upcoming weekend. So Chuck, don't man, don't 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 do that to the fans, man. Don't 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 give them bad news right now, man. Don't 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 do that stuff the show. All right. They should be used to it. They should be used to fake news. They should be used to all the uh, alternative news. I mean, if the president, if it's good enough for the president of these United States, it's good enough for me. But <laughs> you're right, me. I can't go down that path. I can't. You know, I'm not one to follow. Uh, and, and what what people in the mainstream do. So you know what, Nick? We came here. Fans came here to get educated, to hear that hot fire. So we're gonna give it to them. You know, I would just. Right. You know, I'm not in the news like I, I normally am. So I thought all mini rookie mini camps was over, but I stand corrected. <laughs> all right, man. No problem. Anyway, fans, if you would like to call in. Holla at Neek and Chuck, you know, hit us up on the call-in number is 646, area code 929-1122-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-1921-22-
with no argument, no good details, no anything like that, then yeah, then I'll probably have to hang up on you or, or, or I might, as I always say on the show, you're going to get your dogs. That's what's actually going to happen to you if you call with some shenanigans like that. But now if you call in and you say both my teams suck or Chuck's team suck, then, you know, we'll go ahead and let you explain yourself. And if you make good valid points, which most of them pretty much will not be because all three of our teams are not that bad, not that horrible, you know, then we'll listen, we'll hear you out, and then we'll get on here and correct you. <laughs> no. I, yeah, that's fine for the Giants and Raiders. For the Bengals, click off, off Jump Street. <laughs> I ain't in the mood. I ain't in the mood right now. Hey, this is the Nick and Chuck show. We always keep it real. I'm going to keep it real. I ain't in the mood today, so if it happens today, click, and maybe sometime in the future, I'm feel a little bit better, something like that. Yeah, yeah, we, I may go that route for the Bengals, but if I hear, ah, oh, them Bengals, click, you ain't even gonna get the cut and suck off. It's gonna be suck, <laughs> click. <laughs> I ain't in the mood today, Nick. This is the Nick and Chuck show. We keep it real. You right? We are here. We're for the fans. Uh, you know. Uh, it's, uh, you know, we're for the fans and all that great stuff, but also part of being for the fans is we are always honest with the fans, and I'm being honest. I ain't in the mood today, so don't. You got something bad to say about the Bengals? Just hold hold it to another week because uh, you're gonna get cut off with quickness. <laughs> but Chuck, what if you having a, in a bad mood next week, man? You gonna tell them once hey. again? Wait till the following week, man. Yep, yep. Keep waiting. You be you, keep waiting. You be all right. <laughs> You be right, B. <laughs> Just keep waiting, bro. One of these weeks, one of these weeks, I'll be in a good mood, and you call in, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what you got to say. But just be patient. Just come back. In the meantime, be entertained. You know, enjoy the hot fire and the knowledge we giving to you, and we dropping off to you today. And um, but like I said, if you got a great with the Bengals, don't call in today because you will get hung up on. And uh, you will be getting prank calls because your phone number will show up. <laughs> You'll be getting calls from creditors. I'm I'm sending your number to everybody. Sending your number to to the bank. Everybody, like call this person and sell them something. <laughs> All right, but anyway, if you call in tonight, fans, you know Chuck's gonna give you the click. If you come with that foolishness tonight, he's gonna give you a click, or he'll with give you a couple bingo. of little previews. With so the you bingo. might hear. Nah, nah. With the Bengals. Now, if they okay. come with the foolish with the Bengals, okay, with the Bengals. any other team, you got 31 other options. It's just like uh, <laughs> uh, Buskins. Uh, uh, nah, that's that's a donut place. Baskin Robbins. You got 31 flavors. You got 31 other flavors. But the Bengals are off limits tonight. All right, man. Because if you come at me, you're going to hear a few options, man. Because, you know, if you don't want to hear to get dropped off from me, you know, I get a sound bite for you. But you're going to hear some other stuff like, you know, a little something like this as uh, far as, let's see. You might hear something like this. Uh, coach, his game is a little too horrible. He need to get cut. So instead of me saying he need to get cut, I think we, I need to make a new sound by saying, uh, what he said was a little too horrible. He need to get clicked. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean. Go ahead, Chuck. What you about to say, man? Nah, nah. I was just agreeing with you. That'd be a good. That'd be a good sound bite to. <laughs> good sound bite to be a, to bring up. But don't we got a lot to cover tonight? Why are we still talking? Yeah, about we do, this? man. Let's you know, we do, man. Show. You know, we. Yeah, let's let's get on with. It. All right. So anyway, last week, fans, we started off for the NFC West um, over there in the Pacific Northwest and um, Southern California. We talked about the Seahawks and uh, a little bit of the Rams. This week, we're going to start off recapping the NFL draft a couple weeks ago. This week, we're going to recap the AFC North division, and we're going to touch on this division, the AFC South, NFC North. Um, uh, We already did NFC South, NFC East, and we're also going to finish up the show tonight with the AFC West division, and we're just going to touch on uh, each team in each division. We're going to run through a few of the draft picks that we think um, that we actually liked and actually will uh, play a big role on the teams this year. And actually looking at, you know, looking at these teams, actually most of these teams did pretty pretty good. Now, actually, I'm, I'm very impressed with um, a lot of the moves that a lot of these teams did. So, anyway, that being said, let's start with this AFC North. 
And I want to start with the Cleveland Browns because, you know, it seems like the Browns are like a punchline on the show. I mean, they're just like the joke <laughs> that we always like to talk about on this team. And, and we have to do that. I mean, the Browns have been pretty much an embarrassment to the NFL. They haven't had much talent. Um, they've they've had actually some good talent offensive line, but they went ahead and chose to get rid of those guys. And now they had a, a fast forward a couple years later and, and, you know, try to pick up some good talent offensive line and free agency, which was good. I mean, they did a good job in that. Proud of them for doing that. But this draft, you know, there's so much speculation that, ah, the Browns could probably go with Mr. Biscay at number one. Or or if they don't take him at one, they'll probably trade up for number 12 uh, to number five or four to Titans or whatever team and, and move on up to get your Biscay. But the Browns do something a little different. That's why they got the Moneyball guys in there. Because the Moneyball guys said, eh, let's see here. We we got to switch it up. We, we we just can't stick to doing dumb Brown stuff in the past, what this team has done, because this organization has been set back years. And they have been pretty much a commitment to failure. <laughs> and I mean, that's just pretty much true. So this regime said, you know what? We're going to be smart. We're going to stand pat. And we're going to build this team through the draft. And with the number one overall pick, we already knew they was going to take defense in, um, outside linebacker, but the Browns are going to be running a 4-3, thanks to Greg Williams, which I've been telling our best friend, Rudy Rude, who used to do the show with me, the Truth by Two Sports fans, the biggest Browns fan in the world. I've been telling him for years that the Browns need to go to a 4-3 defense. They got all these fat boy, uh, big old hogs on that defense line. And I was just saying, like, why are they just sitting there wasting time? I mean, they went to Phil Taylor, Thayer Rubin. Both of those players aren't with the team no more. No, no, a couple years ago they drafted Sheldon, who's worked out, who's looked pretty good so far. But then they also took Xavier Cooper. And I'm just like, all right, okay. So now with that 4-3 defense, Sheldon's going to have some help. He's going to have to worry about being double team all the time. So with bringing in Miles Garrett, because they don't have a bona fide pass rusher, but getting Garrett, I think, actually will play uh, big dividends. I mean, it remains to be seen how he's going to pan out in the NFL. Um, but I do like that pickup. I also love the pickup of Drew Peppers, because Greg Williams has already said, we're going to use him all over the place. I know a lot of analysts were talking about, well, where are you going to put the guy at? And, you know, I looked at it and said, hell, man, the Browns got a hold of free safety. Don't, don't, don't talk about Ed Reynolds is the NFL starting safety. I mean, I think Peppers could come in and start a free safety. You might see him um, down in the box, um, you know, so he might be playing uh, middle field. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Jabril Peppers. Also in the first round, they picked up tight end from the U, David Njoku, who immediately starts since the Browns decide to cut Gary Barnett, which I really wasn't a fan of because I thought, you know, they can run that two tight end package, but they said, nope. We're going to go ahead and give it to the young 21-year-old. Well, actually, he's 20 years old. He'll be 21 this year. And so I like that pickup there. And another pickup in the second round, they finally got their quarterback. I mean, I don't know if he's the franchise QB for this team, but they stand pat and they got a quarterback, and that's Deshaun Kaiser. Now, I'm not going to talk about the young man. I'm not going to ridicule him. I'm just not impressed. I wasn't impressed with him at Notre Dame. I mean, you know, the guy got benched, and the Browns actually took him. I mean, they actually got good, great value for him in the second round because I was sitting there thinking to myself, like, who in the hell would take a quarterback who started the year, then got benched, and was about to go in the first round? You'd be stupid to take a quarterback like that. But the Browns did pat, and then they took him in the second round. So with that being said, I like what the Browns did. I look at that D-line now, Garrett, Cooper, Sheldon, Ogba, and Nassib. That's a nice, young, talented defense line, which could cause traffic, wreak havoc. Um, cause trouble um, for years to come in the AFC North division. So, with that being said, Browns had a great draft. Yeah, yeah, Browns had a pretty damn good draft. Let's go ahead and talk about those Baltimore Ravens because I like Isaiah Newsom. Yes, the Ravens, you know, the former the former Cleveland Browns. Yes, they they've been bullies in the AFC North for a while. Uh, but Isaiah Newsom, you can't argue with the fact that this man knows talent. And, you know, he came from the Bill Belichick tree. You know, and as we know, there's a lot of talented people, a lot of people in high-ranking positions in the NFL that came from the Bill Belichick tree. So Isaac Newsom being one of them and being uh, a mastermind at the uh, general, manager, general manager position should be no surprise. But with that said, 
this draft, they picked up some talented pieces. They were all on the defensive side of the ball. And last year, the Ravens underperformed. They went 8-8, eight and eight, but they did go 4-2 in the division. But they underperformed severely. Finished the year straight up even, 8-8, eight and eight, not a typical Baltimore's Ravens season. And the real downfall, the, the worst part of the team, was the offensive side of the ball, particularly the running game. They couldn't run for crap last year. And they did nothing to address that in the draft or this offseason that I could see. Now, we know that uh, they re- are, I think they re-signed, or not re-signed, but offered the contract to Terrence West. Uh, so he'll be back in the fall. I think he was a restricted free agent. So he'll be back next year for sure. We know that now. But Terrence West, when you look at him, you're like, eh, I, I, I'm not really feeling him. Uh, but Kenneth Dixon, running back from, I think it was last year's draft, that I, remember, I think I was high on Nick. I think you might have been high on him too. The running back from, from Louisiana, Louisiana Tech. Yeah, from Louisiana Tech. Nick and I were both high on them last year. Uh, but this this upcoming season, he's suspended for the first four games. So those for, for a quarter of the season, you can't count on this dude. Um, and then they brought in little Danny Woodhead. I, I'm cool on Danny Woodhead. Like, like there's people out there that still like him. He had some magical years when he was with the Chargers. But uh, that's about it. Um, so they did nothing to address the running back position. Wide receiver position. They did nothing to address that because everybody that listens to the show knows Nick and I don't like Joe Flacco. But you know what you can't deny is that this dude has an arm and you need to be – and he needs somebody to throw to. Yeah, they brought in Mike Wallace. Yeah, he had a 1,000-yard season last year and all that stuff. But Mike Wallace is not a number one receiver. And right now he's the number one receiver on the Baltimore Ravens uh, uh, offense. So I'm surprised that the Ravens didn't address this – in the draft, if you look deeper, I kind of understand it because where the Ravens were picking is like you're really reaching. If I think they were 16th overall in, in the first round. By that time, the top three wide receivers were gone. So to take a wide receiver at 16 in the first round would be stupid. But you know what? It was still a lot of talent available. You could address that in second, third, fourth. It, it was some fire in that third and fourth round at uh, the wide receiver position. But you know what? They first four picks. They went straight up defense. And defense hasn't been the issue uh, with the Ravens. So, yes, they got more talent on that side of the ball. Marlon Humphrey, safety from cor- uh, from Alabama, the corner from Alabama. I'm like him against run support. Uh, he's, a good, he's a good tackler, great uh, physical corner. But in that AFC North, you got to deal with A.J. Green. A.J. Green going to eat up Marlon Humphreys. Well, A.J. Green eats up the Ravens every year anyway, whether we lose the game or not. He always uh, sticks it to the Ravens. So, uh, Marlon Humphreys, good, solid physical corner, uh, but gets that deep ball and that coverage, not so much. But you know what? Still a good pickup. Uh, Tyus Bowser, the linebacker from Houston, I like this pick. This dude from his, I believe this is his junior to senior year, or maybe his sophomore to junior year. I can't remember it which. But anyway, from two years ago, to this last college football season, he improved greatly. Uh, I think he's he's going to be a talented dude. He's just going to fit right in that line of excellent Baltimore Ravens outside linebackers. Uh, then Tim Williams. Now, that's my steal of the draft. Tim Williams, outside linebacker from Alabama. He ended up going in the third, late, uh, probably the middle of the third round. Um, and I think this dude going to be a star. You know, he keeps his head together. Uh, he, he's, to me, in my opinion, he's learning from the best uh, defensive end in the game, Terrell Suggs. Well, not anymore because he's fighting injuries. But Terrell Suggs, at one point, the best defensive player in the league. You just got to sit back and learn from that dude, and I think Tim Williams would be a beast. And then in the fourth and fifth round, they addressed the offensive line, bringing in guards, which I can understand. But, you know, the Ravens already have the best guard in the game at Marshall Yonder. You know, he missed a few games last year um, uh, due to injury. Uh, and then uh, they picked up Chuck Clark, DB from Virginia Tech, in the sixth round. Don't know too much about the dude, so I ain't going to comment on him. Uh, but they got some talent, but they didn't address their major needs and concerns on this team, and that was with the offensive side of the ball, particularly at the skill positions, wide receiver and running back. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be another down year for the Ravens, uh, maybe in two or three years. 
you know, these pieces that they brought on defense side of the ball, you know, their they defense be a top five defense again. But that offense is going to suffer. You didn't address it. You didn't not bring in any young blood. Uh, Terrence West is not the answer. Uh, Kenneth Dixon may be, but can you count on the dude? I mean, uh, last year, you know, he only gave you 382 yards. Uh, he suspended for a quarter of this season. So, yeah, they, 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 you know, they got a lot of work to do on the offensive side of the ball. But we're talking about the draft, and that's my breakdown. All right. Chuck, you know what we need to do, man. I think I should go ahead and record it. Maybe you can record it. But we need to do like a little sound bite for Joe Flacco, man, because, you know, we love to say Captain Checkdown. And I think it should go a little something like this. Opposing defenses, you know what time it is. Guess who's coming on the field? It's the myth, the man, the legend, better known as Joey, Captain Checkdown Flacco. <laughs> oh, man, that dude. We can do better than that, but I feel what you're saying. I feel you. Yeah, saying. yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Captain, yeah, yeah. Captain Checkdown, man. He, and fans that don't know, we're going to educate you. Captain Checkdown, that comes from the fact that – Put on the tape now. When this show is over at 8, p, uh, 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, at 8.01 Pacific Standard Time, I want you to get on YouTube and go watch some not, – don't watch Joe Flacco highlights. Go to YouTube. Don't watch Joe Flacco highlights. Watch actual games, and you will see that majority of Joe Flacco's passes are checked down, which means he looks at his receiver, whether he's open or covered – he don't throw it to him. And then he, instead of going to his second read, he checks down the ball to the running back or to a tight end, somebody that's close to the line of scrimmage. Like, oh, like he is, for the guy that's known for having a big arm, he throws the ball five yards off of, like, he throws the ball five yards uh, uh, a lot in a game. So, you know, to me, yeah, he's a quarterback. Yes, he's a Super Super Bowl winning quarterback. But Joe Flacco is so grossly overrated. Because uh, anybody, because yeah, Tom Brady does it, but he does it when he has no other choice. Tom Brady, mm-hmm. look at his first receiver. Oh, boom, double cover. Look at his second receiver, second progression. Oh, he's covered. Uh, depending on the coverage, if his man covers, boom, throw it to your running back or check down to your running back because you know he's one on one with the linebacker. Then let him do his thing or whatever. But it don't matter if it's man zone. Whatever. Joe Flacco, he look oh, he not open, boom, check down. And that's why he got the name Captain Checkdown. Yes, he won a Super Bowl being uh Captain Checkdown. That's great and everything, but it, it don't fly with me. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl ring. That'll make him a great quarterback. And Joe Flacco's not a great quarterback. But what he is, he's Captain Checkdown. And that's all right. Maybe he can get a commercial like Captain Obvious. You know, at hotels.com, we got some another mascot for you. Captain Checkdown, look up Joe Flacco. So basically, Chuck, man, in your eyes, he's an overrated, right? Uh, he's 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 far past overrated. He's Captain Checkdown. Okay. Where so, is on his So fans, when we talk about players, we're talking about players who are very overrated. You know, there's a saying that we love to say on the show. So Joe Flacco, guess what, man? You know where you hail from? He hails from the Overation Nation. Exactly. Nothing else needs to be said. All right. We got a lot of other teams to get through, man. All right. Let's, let me wrap up these Steelers real quick. You know, when I look at these Steelers, it seems like it's the same question every year. Which cornerback are they going to take? Or which uh, pass rusher are they going to take? That's just how it goes with the Steelers draft, man. I mean, they don't do nothing flashy in the first round. But when I looked at where they picked in this first round, I said, don't tell me who I think they're going to get. I, don't tell me it's going to be one of the Watt boys. Don't tell me it's going to be T.J. Watt. And guess what? The Steelers drafted T.J. Watt, who J.J. Watt is saying, you know, the superstar defensive tackle for the um, Houston Texans, saying that his little brother is ahead of the curve where he was at. He thinks his brother's going to have a way better career than him, which is just crazy, which would be mind-boggling, because when you look at where T.J. Watt was selected, and he's going into a defense where he's going to be playing behind James Harrison, he's going to be learning from the best, one of the best um, outside pass rushers in the game, and man, 
you know, the pupil, he's going to be learning from his master. <laughs> I mean, that's all I can say. I like that pickup. Second round, Steelers took wide receiver from USC, Juju Smith. Um, you know, not bad. Solid route runner with decent hands. And But I love my favorite pick of the Steelers is in the third round. They took the running back who I thought my Raiders or my Giants were going to get, which is James Conner from Pitt. Everybody knows about his story. But this is a great power back who will compliment Bell very well. Man, I'm, that might be a nasty tandem. D'Angelo Williams, holla back, man. I mean, I hate to say it. I don't know if the Steelers going to bring you back. It doesn't look like they will, but who knows when we get closer to the training camp. With that being said, Steelers had a pretty solid draft. Uh, I'm not really going to touch much on Josh Dobbs in the fourth round quarterback because um, I don't know. We'll see, man. I mean, we'll see how he pans out and how his game translates to the NFL, but I think the Steelers had a solid draft. All right, let's talk about these Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to make it quick. Fans think I'm going to go on and on about the Bengals. No, we're going to keep it quick. Uh, I like the the Bengals draft had to grow on me. I admit, it had to grow on me. Uh, at first glance, I went too excited about it. The John Ross pick, didn't like it initially. Joe Mixon pick, didn't like it initially. Uh, and I will get back to those in a second. Uh, I'll go ahead and address the part of the draft that I did initially like. Uh, I'd love to pick Jordan Wilson, uh, outside linebacker from Kansas State. I think this dude, uh, he has potential to be a beast. The same goes for Carl Larson, uh, outside linebacker slash defensive end from Arvin. Uh When you talk about a grown-ass man, Carl Lawson is a grown-ass man. Like, Carl Lawson, like, he, sh- he could have a second career as – What's that show we was talking about earlier, Nick, uh, that you, you like with the brother, the superhero brother, what's his name? Um, not Iron Luke Fist. Luke Cage. Yeah, Luke Cage. Like Luke Carl Lawson. <laughs> Carl Lawson could be Luke Cage's stunt double. Like that's a grown – Carl Lawson is a grown-ass man, uh, and I think he has great potential. He just needs to – you know, we know Marvin Lewis knows linebackers, uh, and Carl, Carl Lawson just needs to listen. Uh, but my favorite pick of the draft. All right, let's say I have two picks. Let's say my favorite pick A, A pick of the draft is Josh Malone, wide receiver from Tennessee. I think he's like 6'3", like 205 pounds, 210 or whatever. Uh, I think he ran like a, a sub 4'5", 4'4", uh, 40. Uh, this dude is a playmaker. He reminds me a lot of Marvin Jones, uh, currently the wide receiver for wide receiver for the Detroit Lions, who was a beast when he was with the Bengals. But you know what? The dude didn't want to be play second fiddle to A.J. Green. So, when he, you know, his contract was up. He got out of town, which I don't blame him. But Josh Malone reminds me of Marvin Jones. They're both big wide receivers, fast, deceptive. And all Josh Malone has to do is follow a similar path that Marvin Jones did. And Josh Malone, I think, will be a, a beast, uh, <laughs> will be a beast in this league. Another pick I love, but not quite as much as Josh Malone, was the Ryan Glasgow pick, the defensive tackle from Michigan. Uh, this dude, he's one of those uh, um, uh, motor running all the time type guys. One of the guys that when you get into a fight in the alley, you want to go with this dude. You want to go roll with Ryan Glasgow. I think this dude is going to – I ain't going to call him a pro bowler, but I think this dude going to be a very damn good player. Uh, in the future, I think he'd be able to play both tackle, both interior tackle spots, uh, and then maybe you can maybe even move him out to defensive end, something like that. But you know what? We ain't gonna stretch him that far. I just just uh, get down the interior D line position, and I love that pick. Fifth round, we got a kicker, Jake Elliott. That's cool. I mean, we need some competition at the kicker position. Uh, drafting a guy in the fifth round. Okay, I'm cool with that. I know a lot of people was harping over the fact that we didn't get the kicker from. It's Arizona, Arizona State, whatever, the, Gonzalez, whatever that dude name is. People griping we didn't get him. I'm cool on that. Jake Elliott, kicker from Memphis. Uh, I think he's a solid guy. I'm not mad at the pick. Uh, we just see how he comes in and how he works. Uh, then we draft the center from Utah. Cool on that. Don't need to talk about that. Another pick I like, and this guy has disguised uh, the, the limit for this dude. Uh, he just needs to be more physical. It's Jordan Evans, linebacker from Oklahoma. He's one of the most athletic linebackers, one of the most athletic players in this draft, period. He just needs to learn to be more physical. And who else, who's better than to learn from and being physical than Vontez Burfitt? You know, everybody want to hate, do their little snickering comments about Vontez Burfitt. 
first of all, you wouldn't say that to his face. I guarantee that. Uh, well, you wouldn't say that to his face if you knew you wouldn't get punched in your face and you could sue him for $100,000. Like, if y'all were just in the locker room somewhere, you wouldn't say it to his face. Second of all, you can't deny that Vontez Burfick knows how to play football. Third, you can't deny Vontez Burfick knows how to be physical. So, Jordan Ed- Evans watches and learns from him and, and get a little physical, uh, you know, put a little iron in his butt and, and get a little physical on the field. I think Jordan Evans will be uh, have a great career. But my B favorite pick of this draft is Brandon Wilson, <laughs> running back, running back slash, uh, uh, running back slash DB slash kick return slash Mr. Everything. Brandon Wilson, like I said, uh, in terms of Jordan Evans being one of the, the most athletic people in this draft, so is Brandon Wilson. Um, he can kick return. He can do all those things. Uh, it's about finding a position for him. I think they probably start him out at running back and see how he does on, on the team. But, you know, his his main focus, especially being drafted in the sixth round, would be on special teams. And I think he would make an immediate impact. I love this pick of Brandon Wilson. Seventh round, we got the tight end for Buffalo. Don't know too much about him, so I ain't going to talk about him. But going back to John Ross and Joe Mixon, initially I didn't like the John Ross pick because his injury history. I'm not one of those people, oh, he ran 4-2-2 in the draft. He's the fastest player in the NFL ever. I don't give a shit. Sorry for my cuss, but uh, cussing, but I, I don't give a shit. Like that's great, four two two, amazing. The point is, this dude is fast. But it don't matter if he's fast. If you're on the sideline in street clothes every game. You know he has a, he has injury history. He's injured right now. He can't even participate in the rookie uh, the rookie camp mini camp. He can't participate in OTs. I don't know when he's when he'll be back. But you know what? His legs are injured. Is his shoulder? Okay, so. The injury history, I didn't like him and did, like that at first. And then, the fact, I think we could have got him further down in the draft. But I understand he's there, you're there, you don't have any trade partners. All it takes is one other team to like him, and he's gone. So, okay, so they took him there. Okay, I'm fine. I can live with it. If he turns out to be a monster, a beast, and healthy, which it, it, I think he will be if he remains healthy, but that's the key. If he remains healthy, he uh, A.J. Green is going to rip this league apart. Because they can know you can no longer double team AJ Green because John Ross will be running by your slow ass corner on the other side. Then Joe Mixon, I didn't like the pick initially because not because all that crap about what he did three years ago. You know, Nick, I could talk two hours about the hypocrites and the foolishness. All these people acting like they mad uh, at what Joe Mixon did three damn years ago. Some people don't even know it happened three years ago, and that he was suspended, then can't and played Oklahoma and his own attorneys released the video uh but people don't know that you know so self-righteous people just like that's why i can't watch the draft and do all that stuff you do need because i was ready to punch the tv uh when these dudes was talking about joe mixon oh well like your boy i was gonna call out his name but one of those analysts would talk about oh he was he i took him off my board uh blah 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 because i'm a better human being and my morals are grounded i took him off my board but if you want me to talk about him as a football player i will yes dumbass that's your job that's what you get paid for we ain't there to steal ugly mug just because we want to see an ugly mug for the day you're supposed to be a so-called expert in this we want to hear what you what about the football player we don't give a damn about your morals or what or what you think uh, what you think about what this dude did? Yeah, everybody, any sane human being knows what he did was wrong. You know what I mean? But it happened three damn years ago. You gonna people gonna be at him? People gonna be mad at him forever. That's fine. They could be mad at him forever. It's not gonna affect his life. It, it doesn't affect how I, I don't know the dude, and that's why I don't try to get personally involved with players because they're humans just like me. They make mistakes. They just happen to be a little bit more athletic than me, and they get to play a game that I would play for free. Other than that, I don't care about the TMZ, all that other crap. The reason I didn't like this pick initially is because I knew the human nature of these other people and that people took him off his board, took Joe Mixon off their board, and he would be available later. Like, that second-round pick, I think he was picked 48th overall. Man, you can get a Hall of Famer with that pick. And who knows, Joe Mixon may be a Hall of Famer. But you could have got him later, man. Like that that's what I initially was griping about. But putting all that aside and just looking at the value and the talent they got, 
I'm fine. I, like, I think it was a great draft. I know a lot of people give them like C, C pluses. That's fine because your great draft grades don't mean shit. I done cussed again. My bad, FCC. Don't find me because I ain't got the money to pay you. But uh, that's just showing you I, I'm passionate about what I'm saying. And I like their draft. I think it's going to pay off. I don't think they're boom or bust. I think the only real boom or bust is John Ross. And that's due to, you know, his concerns of being healthy or not. Um, but overall, I thought it was a great draft. I think they got players that can contribute this year as well as into the future. Uh, and I'm just loving their linebackers, man. Jordan Willis, Carl Lawson, uh, Jordan Evans. I think all three of them will make the team. Uh, and I just thought it was a great draft. But it's like one of those movies where you initially watch, you'd be like, ah, I kind of like it. Then you watch it six months later, you'd be like, ah, damn, that movie was great. That's how I had to be with this draft. Initially, I didn't like it, but now that I let it seek in, I'm like, wow, I love this draft. And uh, I thought it was a great draft for the Bengals. All right. Well, Chuck, and the rest of the NFC East and the rest of the other divisions we got to get to, we would just like to say thank you for being patient. Chuck said he was going to make it fast, actually 10 minutes. But it's all right, though, man. He had to talk about the Bengals. I understand. All right. But let me yeah, say yeah, how it's really done, But man. you know what, Neat? That's, that's, another <laughs> lesson, that's another lesson for the fans. <laughs> sometimes Chuck all right. Sometimes Chuck don't know what he be saying He just be going on That's all, good. <laughs> all right Let's go over to the NFC East You know I gotta start with my Giants Now fans I'm gonna show you how you make it quick I'm gonna make this real quick Alright I'm gonna make this real quick Alright How I feel about my draft For my G man I love our draft man We had a great draft Um First round, we took the tight end out of Ole Miss, runs a 4-4-2 in the 40. We're talking about Evan Ingram because we already know my Giants ranked dead last in the NFL last year in yards per catch from their tight end position, which is pretty beautiful, pitiful, just putrid, just just ah, so many other ugly adjectives I could just keep going on, on about. But I'm not Stephen A. Smith, and I don't have my Fatars book here with me for this show tonight. Anyway, second round, I love to pick up. Uh, defensive tackle, Dalvin Tomlinson, man, he's going to come in here and replace Jonathan Hankins. See you, Hankins. I know you had to get your money. Big power to you, man. Go over to Indianapolis, get your money. I ain't hating on you for that, but I love Tomlinson. He can add a little more push from that pocket, man, to get to the quarterback, which is something. Hankins was okay. You know, he had a little bit pass rush, but I love this kid, man. We're talking about a wrestler right here, state champ wrestler. Woo, I'm ready to see him get nasty and dirty in the trenches. Third round, we took Davis Webb, quarterback. Well, I think who could be the um, you know, um, you know, the heir apparent to Eli Manning, but that remains to be seen. You know, we gotta see if he can um do good how he performs under uh center. You know, I'm not on those quarterbacks who just go five wide all game and just stand in the pocket. I'm cool on that. That don't mean nothing to me. In the forefront, I love running back from Clemson, Wayne Galman, big versatile back and is great at catching the ball out the backfield, something we need. So I like to see that tandem of Galman and uh Paul Perkins this upcoming season. So with that being said, man, I love what the Giants did. I know some fans talking about, ah, y'all ain't getting no tackle. Yes, we did, man. We took the one um, later in the round in the sixth round. We got the uh, tackle from Pittsburgh, Adam Biznuati. I like him right there, big physical tackle. I think in a year or two he's going to do something. He's going to be something special. But I do like to pick up our undrafted tackle we took out of USC, Chad Wheeler. Fans, keep your eye on this kid right here. He's going to probably take about a year or two, but I think he has a, a, a starting NFL future, man. I, I think this kid is going to be something. So with that being said, I love my Giants draft. All right. It's good to know, Nick, that fast is four minutes. But this, but so this – I'm going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles now, and it's going to be supersonic, speed of light, fast. Philadelphia Eagles, they're getting a lot of praise for their draft. I think it's deserve it. Uh, you know, some some parts of the draft uh I didn't like particularly for them. Uh they did they waited until the fourth and fifth round to address the wide receiver wide receiver position. Uh they're not starving for wide receivers as much as like the Ravens, who only really have Mike Wallace, who's not really a number one. Um they got they brought in Alshon Jeffrey, uh already got Jordan Matthews. Uh so with some talent there. Uh Alshon Jeffrey, Kenny, you know, Kenny Turner, Kenny be the beast. 
that uh, we all know he, he should be capable of being if he can play an entire season. Uh, so I thought they would address the wide receiver position early in the draft. They did not, but that's okay because what they did early in the draft I thought was great. First of all, they got uh, one of my favorite picks and players who initially <laughs> – uh, I wanted my Bengals to get. I know Nick when we was first talking about the draft. You know, I brought his name up, Derek Barnett. You asked me who who I want the Bengals to get. I want Derek Barnett, and it's amazing to me that Derek Barnett, who reminds me so much of the Minister of Defense Reggie White, who played at Tennessee and was drafted. Well, he wasn't drafted in the NFL because I think he went to the AFL first. We're talking about Reggie White. Then when he went to the NFL. He played his first team, I believe, was the Philadelphia Eagles. So look at that. Derrick Barnett also went to Tennessee, played the same position, broke Reggie White's sack record at Tennessee, and now he's playing with the Eagles. Uh, you know, that's just the universe telling you, hey, we something something special might happen here. And I hope something special does happen because, like I said, I like the player Derrick Barnett. Uh, I thought that was a great pick. Uh, and then Sidney Jones, the corner for Washington, uh, I know he had uh, that injury, I think, happened at his pro day. Uh, so he won't be available for him uh, right away. But Sidney Jones was one of the best uh, cover corners in the draft. Uh, so I love that pick. And then they went corner again, Rashad Douglas for West Virginia. I must admit, I didn't watch too many West Virginia games. So I don't know. All too you got to do, do. Let, let me interrupt you. All you got to do is put on the bowl game against Miami. That boy was giving up that ass. Oh, he was? Okay. All right, well, good thing. Let's skip over the third round. Rashad Douglas, you got that ass. You got that ass eight. But you know what? You can always improve, son. And NFL is a great, great place for you to improve. Overall, Eagles draft, I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. But I, it's not as good as people was making it out to be. Uh, but overall, it was a good draft. Uh, and uh, I thought they would get more pieces for Carson Wentz to work with. Uh, but you know what? He has some veterans out there. Uh, and, you know, it, it's a good draft. Good draft. Not great. Not all excited about it. But the fact that the draft took place in Philadelphia, I guess these people got to suck up to it and say, oh, it was an A-plus a draft. No, it wasn't. It was a decent draft, but it wasn't that great. I just want to touch on one player from the Eagles who they drafted. You didn't mention him. And that is the running back from San Diego State, the NCAA career rushing um, yard. Uh, Donnell, yeah. Yeah, Donnell Pumphrey. I'm telling you right now, football fans, watch this kid. This kid can run between the tackles. Don't worry about the size. You're looking like 5'7", five, 5'8", five, like 179. Don't worry about that. This kid can run between the tackles because when I was recovering from neck surgery last summer in Ohio, old mama wise how, big up to mom, love you mom, this year. When I was recovering last summer, I watched a lot of San Diego State late night games because, hey, San Diego State comes on late night. <laughs> we talking about sometimes their games will go off to 1, 2 in the morning. And I watched four of his games. This kid runs hard. He's shifty, elusive, and he's basically a baby Sproles. He's kind of like Darren Sproles' son. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of look at on this, on this team. He's going to learn a lot. He's going to be asking a lot of questions from Darren. And he's going to like, Papa, how'd you do that? How'd you do that? Oh, well, son, this is what you do. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't wait to see Donald Pumphrey take over, man. He's going to be a beast one day. I just want to say that. Anyway, let me get into these Washington Redskins. Great draft by the Redskins. They had to address that defensive side of the ball. Um, I love the first-round pick, defensive tackle, defense end, whatever you want to call him, Jonathan Allen out of Alabama. He's a versatile defensive lineman who can play all the defensive line spots. He will start left defensive end. Second round, I love the pickup, outside linebacker. Also a teammate of his, Jonathan Allen, Ryan Anderson, who is known for making big plays, should be in a rotation with Ryan Kerrigan and Preston Smith. Third round, love the pickup of cornerback UCLA's cornerback, Fabian Maru. Great press corner and could supplant Breland as the starter by midseason. Yes, I did say that. He could supplant Rashard Breland. Uh, the starter by midseason. I'm telling you right now, Breland is so overrated. He's going to give up that ass quite a bit. And we already know how them fans feel in Nation and Capital. They're going to be calling for his ass. Get off the field. Put Maru in there to start. And then the fourth round, we got Oklahoma running back, Samaje Perrin. Man, great pass blocker. Love that pickup right there. Redskins, good draft. I see how you I see how you do, Nick. You're going to leave me to talk about the Cowboys, huh? 
So you, because you live there, you live in Dallas, so you ain't want to have to walk out the house and with, with your nine millimeter on you. I can do the Cowboys, man. You want me to go ahead and do it? I can do it. Go ahead, go ahead, and do the Cowboys, guy. I won't see this. You, you try to set, you trying to set me up for. Uh, <laughs> Trying to set me up for air. I see, yeah, yeah. Don't don't be scared of your city, Neek. Don't be scared. All right, all right, let me put it like this. Yes, I live in Dallas. I hate the Cowboys. Let me repeat that. I live in Dallas. I hate the Cowboys. But I'm going to show respect for the Cowboys. They're not America's team to me. I don't get on that train wagon, that bandwagon, all that crap. Uh-uh-uh. They ain't won no Super Bowl. They ain't been to Super Bowl in years. So how the hell are you going to be America's team? Get the hell out of that crap. Anyway, Cowboys had a solid draft. I respect what they're doing because they, they got the offense together. We already know the offense line is the best in the league. Defensive line, uh-uh. For some reason, they have a trouble taking these weed head players, players who can't put the weed down. We already know about Randy Gregory. Marcus Lawrence, I don't say he's a weed head, but I know he was injury prone. Um, so they're hurting on the defense line. They need a pass rusher. So with that being said, all I know is that back in our college days, I'm not going to say, you know, we chief. Well, we did a few times. I know I did. Chuck, I ain't going to put your business out there. But it's just funny to me that back in the day, when I did get my chief on late at night, we used to get real hungry, right? So one of the spots, because Chuck and I went to the Ohio, Ohio State University. But Chuck and I, you know, late at night, we used to get hungry. We used to go over to this place called Taco Bell. And Taco <laughs> Bell has some great food. But it's just funny to me that you fast forward uh, 16 years later. Yeah, that was back in 2001, 2000. Yeah, 16 years later, the first round, and we already know they already got weed head issues on the defense line. They decided to take a player by the name of Taco <laughs> Charlton. <laughs> so, I, I'm just, what I'm just trying to say, there's a lot of Taco Bills down here in Dallas, too. So, I'm just saying, man, Taco and Randall Gregory, please do not hang out with each other because Randy be like, come on, let's hit this with you. All right, let's do it. Man, let's go over your spot, man. Let's go over the Taco. <laughs> All right, let me stop, man. I don't want to do that like that. But anyway, big up to Taco, man. Everybody know, you know, I'm, I'm a Michigan fan. Yes, I went to Ohio State. I've always been a Michigan fan. But Taco, I think this was a great pickup right here. He's a good run defender. Um, he should challenge Tyron Crawford for a starting role. Um I think he should start over him, but it remains to be seen. We got to see how he plays as a rookie. Second round, they got the cornerback out of Colorado, Chidobe Awuzi. I think I said that right. Yeah, I usually butcher uh, a lot of African names, but hey, hey, will you will you put a little happiness to it? Cause I'm happy, you know, it makes it sound good. Chidobe Awuzi. <laughs> so I think I said that pretty good. But the thing about Chidobe, man, he's a better zone corner than man. He is great in run support. But all I know is that you might see something happen this year. Sterling Shepard, one-on-one against uh, Chidobe. Ooh, Sterling Shepard just went right by him, 70-yard touchdown. I'm like, yeah, I told you. <laughs> he better keep his ass in the zone. But anyway, uh, third round, he also picked up Michigan cornerback Jordan Lewis. Superior ball skills. Once again, superior ball skills. I love that pickup right there. So, with that being said, man, Cowboys had a solid draft. You know, Taco, hey, I got to say, I don't beef with you, man. I just hope that you stay away from Randy. Hopefully, Randy can get himself together, man. But I love Taco Bell, too. So, with that being said, that's the NFC East. Let's move on over to the AFC South. And, Chuck, I'm going to go ahead and let you start off this division. Who you want to start out with? AFC South? Let's, let's go with Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, off the bat? Okay, it's on me. Jacksonville Jaguars. Like this team, this is the team that you want to root for because they got so much talent. I know every weekend, week out, Nick, during the regular season, uh, and even during the off season, we talk about these Jacksonville Jaguars. They on paper, they loaded with talent. And after this draft, it's no different. I mean, they just loaded and loaded. And now Jacksonville Jaguars. Jacksonville Jaguar fans, you are no longer under the radar. You're getting, you're getting the respect. People realize that you guys have ridiculous talent, but you're not performing. It's not translating to the field. Because uh, last year you went three and thirteen. The defense performed pretty well last year, but that offense was terrible. And I know Nick, you always want to put it on my boy Blake Bortles, but you know what? I would ride with Blake Bortles for one more year. I think Blake Bortles. Uh, 
is the quarterback to lead this team. Um, but he has to perform. They have a lot of talent. So anyway, getting on to this draft, I thought they had an excellent draft. First overall pick, Leonard Fournette, or not first overall pick, but first pick for the Jacksonville Giants, Leonard Fournette. Uh, I thought it was a great pick. Uh, we know Leonard Fournette kind of shut it down this last year at LSU. And, Nick, you know, we old school. We don't really like that. But you know what? It paid off for him because uh, he was the fourth overall pick. He's protecting his future, uh, investing in himself. And I can't be mad at the dude for that. Uh, so let's see how he comes out and performs uh, this rookie year. Uh, obviously, I don't think he's going to have a, a greatest year as Ezekiel Elliott had. But he don't have an offensive line as Ezekiel Elliott had. Uh, and speaking of offensive line, they addressed that offensive line because, you know, last year I was digging in that ass talking about your boy Kelvin Beecham at the tackle and the Jacksonville Jaguars was listening to me because they got rid of his ass this offseason and they brought in somebody to replace him immediately. Nick, I, I think he was your – was he your number one tackle, uh, Cam Robinson? Out of Alabama, was he your number one tackle or your number one yes, offensive lineman in this draft? Yes, he was. And you know why? Because Miles Garrett couldn't even sniff the quarterback when he was going up against Cam. Cam had his ass on shutdown. Right. And that's and I'm going to address this real quick. I ain't going to go off on no rant. But fans, that tells you how full of crap these so-called analysts are. Because they talking about how great Miles Garrett is going to be. And he was by far the best player in this draft. And it's a no-brainer. He should be drafted by the Browns and all that other BS they were feeding you uh, when Cam Robinson shut his ass down. Watch that game, Alabama versus uh, Texas A&M. And you just see Cam Rob- uh, Miles Garrett got put on shut. Like, he, he thought he – all the other highlights you'd be seeing and watch, he get to that point. As soon as he hit Cam Robinson, it's, it's a wrap. You know, he just he, he just stopped. It's like it's like somebody took the finger off the joystick. And Cam Robinson and the Jacksonville Jaguars got Cam Robinson in the second round. I mean, this is this might be go down as the best pick in this draft, but it's up to Cam Robinson. He has to perform. He has all the talent in the world. Uh, he could play. I think he could play it right away immediately. This is my favorite pick. This is my, like I said, this might be the best pick in the draft, and it's definitely my best pick or the best pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I did. You know, they dressed other positions. I know we're running out of time, Neek, so I won't get into it. But overall, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars address needs. They address positions. They got a lot of great players. Uh, Blair Brown, uh, linebacker from OU. Uh, um, I love I think it. he might be – yeah, I was going to say, I think he might – He that might be another sleeper pick. Um, and, yeah, it, Jacksonville Jaguars, man, they – like, you're no longer flying under the radar, man. Y'all got to perform this year because your talent – I know a couple of years ago I said the Bengals were the best, the most talented team in the league, which they were until everybody freaking left. Uh, but Jacksonville Jaguars on paper, man, y'all might be the most talented team in the league, but you got to go out there and perform. And don't put it all on my boy Blake Bortles, Neek. Point is, Jacksonville Jaguars, great draft. I can't – do it. I got to go back and put it on him because I'm just going to say this real quick. Blake Bortles, listen to Neek, man. <laughs> if you want to stay in the NFL, if you want to stay in the NFL, not go to the CFL, not get dropped off any of that stuff, this is your year, man. There's no excuses. You got Cam, Killer Cam, blocking for you, man, protecting your blind side. And the receiving core that you have, D.D. Westbrook, who they picked up, to go with the Allen brothers, and then Brian Waters, and then Marcus Lee, who bought out last year, had a career year, over 60 catches. Come on, man. There is no excuse for you to struggle this year. This should be And the Leonard year. Fournette. And Leonard Fournette. This should be the year, man. You should just take off. There's no excuses, man. So, Blake Boris, you struggle this year, your ass got to go, man. Got to get dropped off. That's what's going to have to happen to you. Anyway, all right. Let me move over to these uh, Indianapolis Colts. Love the first-round pickup of Malik Hooker. Um, He's a ball hawk, great range. Will start at free safety. Second round, I love the cornerback out of Florida, Quincy Wilson. Good playmaker, has solid uh, ball skills. Has a shot to start opposite Vontae Davis. And then the fourth round, man, you know, seems like every year, Colts addressing that offensive line, they took USC tackle Zach Banner. This is a massive tackle who excels in run blocking only. Once again, a massive tackle who excels in <laughs> run blocking only. So if Andrew Luck 
is going shotgun formation on third down, get his ass out the game. All right, get better out the game. <laughs> so with that being said, Coach had a solid draft. Uh, I'll go ahead and talk about these Texans. Uh, we know that the Texans defense is uh, the best defense in the league. Uh, and that's even with J.J. White injured most of the year. Uh, matter of fact, all of the year, I think. I think he only played like two or three games last year. Uh, and they still was the best defense in the league. Imagine when they get the best player in the league back on their team. Uh, their defense is set. Like, I, we don't even need to talk about the defense. But you know what? We got to talk about them because they got uh, – in the second round, they brought in Zach Cunningham, who, Nick, you know, you and I early in the in the draft process towards the end of the season – I, I it was either you or I, you know, I, I I can't remember how you exactly how you feel about him, but I remember us talking about him. But I told you I like Zach Cunningham. I think you said you didn't really like his tackling uh, that much, if I remember correctly. But I I think this is coachable. I think with Zach Cunningham, um, I, it's just about bringing those hips and bringing it to the ball. I think he's athletic. He's a big dude, like six four, two thirty. He could probably put on another ten pounds and uh, still pretty still be pretty athletic. Um, but I like this pick. Like, you can comment on it later. I don't know how – like I said, I can't remember exactly how you feel about Zach Cunningham, but I like that pick. Um, <clears throat> but the the best pick for the Texans, as we know in this draft, was Deshaun Watson. Now, whether you feel Deshaun Watson is going to be a great NFL quarterback or not, there's, there's a few things you can't deny. You can't deny that the dude, he's a good kid. You can't deny that the guy's a leader. You can't deny that this dude is a champion. Uh, and you can't deny the fact that the Houston Texans need a quarterback badly. And they went out and addressed that. They didn't go and reach like the dumbass uh, Chicago Bears and go out there and reach for a quarterback, or even the Chiefs go out there and reach for a quarterback. No matter if this year you're a guy or not, those two teams gave up a lot to get those guys. And the Texans didn't have to do that, and they got a champion. They got Deshaun Watson. Will he start uh, in his rookie year? He better not. They're like, no way. Uh, whatsoever, but you know what? This is a pick for the future, but it's a pick they desperately need. Uh, it's also a signal to their quarterbacks that Tom Savage, uh, Brandon Whedon, uh, y- y'all better pull miracles out your ass because uh, we got a, a championship, college championship quarterback in the wings waiting on you, uh, and we have all our faith and our fans is in on them. So great pick by them. Deontay Foreman, running back from Texas. I thought this was a damn good pick. They picked him up in the third round. Uh, and uh, then uh, Carlos Watkins, I kind of remember him from from Clemson, from the Clemson games. I didn't go, I didn't get a chance to go back and watch much tape on him, but I remember the name. So that's got to be a good thing. They picked him up in the fourth round. Uh, but overall, the Texans, their main thing was that quarterback position. And in this draft, they addressed it. But as far as the season go, these these. I don't, Deshaun Watson is not going to be Dak Prescott. So Houston, Texas fans, get that out your head. Dak Prescott for the Dallas Cowboys was an anomaly. Uh, and the fact that he had a, a very solid running back and the best offensive line in the league. The Texans don't have that. Uh, so don't expect Tom, Deshaun Watson to see the field unless Tom Savage or Brandon Wheaton just stick up the place, which there's a good chance they will. Uh, so I like what they did in the draft, but I don't see the Texans benefiting that greatly from this draft this year. All right. <clears throat> Wrapping up the show, we got a couple minutes left. I just want to comment real quick, man. I'm not sold on Cunningham. And the reason I'm going to say this, I'm not sold on a, on a linebacker that weighs 224 pounds and has problems missing tackles, can't wrap up. Because NFL players are much bigger and when those big offensive linemen, we talking about 6'9", 6'8", 350 coming at you, man, and you can't get off that block, or them big running backs coming at you, man, bulldozing you, man, yeah, you're going to be pancaked a lot. You're going to be on your back, so you got to put some weight on, add some muscle on. Yeah, tech, I mean, tackling technique can be coached up, so we'll see We'll see how that works out for him. All right. Right. Uh, but Tennessee hold on, Titans. But hold, on, but hold on real quick. But real quick, with Zach Cunningham, but all those things you mentioned are fixable, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're fixable. I mean, yeah, we'll, okay. we'll see. I mean, the problem is, I mean, here's my thing. You come from college. I don't know how you was in high school, but in college, you were known as a side-to-sideline playmaker. That's cool. But you're also known for missing a lot of tackles. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Your whole college playing career. So a lot of that can translate over NFL, but we got to finish up. Let me finish up. All right, Tennessee Titans wide receiver Corey Davis. 
I'm not a big fan on Davis, man. I, I'm really not. Um, Me neither. I, I felt like they should have went with Mike Williams uh, at this spot. Um, he'll immediately start. Um, he needs to focus on not dropping the ball. And that's one of his biggest issues. Um, I do like to pick up also in the first round because they had two first round picks. Uh, USC cornerback Adoree Jackson, good man to man cover skills, but he will excel in the punt return game. That's where he's going to make his mark. Third round pickup, love the slot wide receiver um, from Western Kentucky University, Taewon Taylor, explosive after the catch. I'm telling you, he led the uh, football FBS, um, 34 touchdowns in the last two seasons. That's no joke, man. So this 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 kid would be great in the slot. So if that being said, man, Titans had a solid draft. They had to get more explosive offense on um, offense side of the ball, offense line set, running back set, but they had to get the wide receivers, and they got that. So with that being said, sorry, NFC North fans, AFC West fans, we will get to those two divisions next week. Chuck and I will promise you, same bat time, same bat channel. You know we love Batman. Anyway, Nick Chuck, see you guys next week. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.